Louise Cooney's Open Book, a Go Loud original podcast. Hi guys, you're very welcome back to the Open Book podcast, where each week we host honest conversations with well-known personalities through the lens of a passion for reading. Today we have Avian Garrihy, who is launching her brand new poetry book, Every Day is a Fresh Beginning. We talk about managing family life and work, the changing dynamic of relationships, and how she keeps herself grounded. Avian Gary is an actress, a voiceover artist, an entrepreneur, and a social media influencer, so she's busy. She graduated with a BA in acting from Trinity in 2009, and she became well-known for her work in Fair City, The Fall, and on-stage productions at the Gate Theatre. In recent years, she co-founded the lifestyle brand B.O., and she lives in County Clare with her husband, John, and three daughters. Aileen, you're very welcome to Open Book Podcast. Thanks so much for joining today. I'm so happy to have you. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here, Louise. I know you have a very busy day of book promotion today. You've just launched your new poetry book, Every Day is a Fresh Beginning, Meaningful Poems for Life. I started reading it the other day and I could not put it down. It's so gorgeous. There's so many, some poems I recognise and some I had never heard of and they're just beautiful. I also didn't know that like you write poems as well. Well, I wouldn't say that now. But I felt like <laughs> because my name was on the front of it, I needed to put pen to paper. And actually, like however simple they are. Um, yeah, certainly there have been moments in my life where I have felt compelled to write. And, mm-hmm. you know, singer songwriters say that all the time that, you know, the feelings get too big and they just need to, I guess, offload. And mm-hmm. that's like leaving um, our first home was one of those moments that kind of caught me off guard. And um, we had been building up uh, for this day and, and you know, we're so excited about the new build and moving into our forever home mm-hmm. and our family and all of that. But leaving behind our, all own, our house. Yeah, it was just, it was an incredibly sentimental moment. I thought, oh my God, I didn't expect this. And yeah, that was that was one of them. Um, it's called number 32 and it's, oh. it's in the book. But yeah, I'm not a poet. Like my dad, I would say, is. He left school at 16 and, um, you know, certainly didn't uh, go to, to college or, or you know, do a, a degree in, in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is a dab hand at putting pen to paper. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, maybe there's a, a bit of him in me. Um, I remember from a very early age, he would always write poems about us. Um, we could always expect one on Valentine's Day. He's ever the romantic. But he used to write poems um about us as babies. He wrote a poem for me um, and John on our wedding day that I recited I at our wedding. Um, but the, the funniest one was when I was only like a few months old and I was sitting in the buggy uh, on a sunny summer's day and uh, was going through the whole cycle of pushing out a number two. <laughs> wrote on the back of a cigarette box about the, the process and the nappy changing cycle. Um, it still sits proudly in my mum and dad's downstairs loo. It didn't make the anthology now, uh, needless to say, but um, from, from a very early age, he was writing poems about us. So. Maybe book number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm so excited to have you here because I know poetry is just such a love of yours. I think especially during lockdown, you rediscovered that. And we were just chatting before this about how, I suppose, during lockdown, it allowed you to go back to basics. And that's when I got back into reading yeah. again. Do you read much yourself? Yeah. Like, I mean, for me growing up, um, you know, like we, we were a family, I suppose, of extroverts in that we loved performance mm. and we loved storytelling. No way. And <laughs> now, I don't think I am. I'm, I'm probably the shyest of, yeah, of all of so, us. Yeah. But um, 
like yeah that that element of performance so like books like Ross O'Carroll Kelly and mm. uh, you know Paul Howard writes phonetically so like the words literally like they're, they're written in the accents mm-hmm. I remember we used to get such a kick out of reading the different characters the Sorka and the mm. you know and uh, and we had such fun with it but even before that um, yeah like the, the the you know the puppets and I remember Anne and Barry um, growing up like they were the school books but we used to have the puppets of them and that used to just bring the stories to life so it was yes for sure we loved books but we loved storytelling yeah yeah. And would you have like a favourite genre of books? Like, I mean, as I've moved through my life, it has changed, mm-hmm. radically changed. Now, I mean, it's the it's the self-help and it's the parenting. We'll get mm. into that a little bit later on. But I think, um, you know, throughout my um, college years and I was really immersed in what I was doing and that was actor training um, in, in, in Trinity. And that was three years of like indulgence in, in, in theatre and in, mm-hmm. in playwriting. And so like... I don't think I ever left college without grabbing a play and 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 bringing it you know in my bag and the bus on the way home and it used to shorten the the commute for me and I I have like shelves and shelves of plays and I used to love I found them easier to digest than you know the big novels oh, okay um and loved you know loved kind of immersing myself in 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 playwriting um so for me it would be yeah plays rather than books yes know? yeah um and then of course the poetry books now they're my they're my go-to. Yes. I have a couple of quick fire questions for you before we get started. Yeah. Paperback, hardback or Kindle? Hardback, I think. Hardback, hardback yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. Like this is like a total coffee table book, I well, think. Well, it just, it feels old world. And for yeah. me, like, you know, th- that'll never date, yes. you know, and it stands the test of time as well, you know. I can see the answer to this one. Dog ear or bookmark? <laughs> <laughs> bookmark. Oh, really? I see. Well, I that's because I didn't have one to hand and we were kind of running around today. Yes, but, yeah. but no, it's usually bookmark because old again, it, it, it's for the aesthetics of, of it course, all. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you savour or devour? Um, I savour, I think. Mm. Yeah, I savour. And I guess, yeah, now with time and kids, it's just trying to carve it out, you know, a few minutes here and a few minutes there. And uh, when they go down in the evening, like just those those few minutes, mm-hmm. uh, that's all it ever is. And who can you read like a book? Oh, I, I think probably my sisters, mm. you know, both of them. Um, like, like, I mean, I know what they're feeling from a blue tick in a WhatsApp. <laughs> yes, of course. If you get an instant response, you know, okay, it's great. If there's a bit of a linger, you know, oh God, I've said the wrong thing or whatever. Or if you get a K. <laughs> Grand. Yeah. Or an emoji, you know, it's, I mean, I can literally from the smallest of interactions, you can you can tell exactly what they're thinking. I know, I know. And sometimes you can just be busy. You could, like it could mean nothing, but you know, you Generally know the not, language. No, there's always time to get back if you need to. Like. Mm-hmm. So what is your first memory of books? Yeah, I think I probably just mentioned that, and that's that's um, the Anne and Barry. Mm. Like, yeah, mom and dad were busy. You know, they were busy, and that's not to say they didn't give us time. They certainly did. We used to have lovely holidays, and we used to have you know a lovely downtime when they they could. But mm-hmm. in terms of the evenings, mom and dad had their own business, so you know they 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 were working, and when they weren't working at the office, they they were working at home. So like you know that time for stories, bedtime stories. I don't have vivid memories of that. They'll kill me now for saying this, but I certainly do remember um, books at school and being like, mm. abs- it stems back to teachers and like, I think your relationship with different subjects, um, like your your teachers can be the biggest influence. Mm-hmm. 
um, and, and you know, whether you have a good or bad one can make or break that relationship. And mm-hmm. um, I had incredible teachers at school. Uh, yeah, in, in junior infants, I'll never forget um, Mrs. Kelly and her puppets. But then when it came to like even English and poetry, um, I had a teacher, Susan Ryan, who literally used to make the words lift off the page. She introduced a poem that was 14 verses. It was called Flannan Isle. And um, we were only maybe making our communion. And she sent this home in the copy books and the, t- the parents used to think she was mad. They said, you can't teach a, a child a, a 14, of this age, a 14 verse poem. But she did. And she managed to get us all off book and reciting it mm-hmm. because of the way she animated it and made it lift off the page. I remember there was a line, it was about a, a neglected lighthouse off the West Coast. And um, one of the lines was, and an over toppled chair. And she picked up the stool at the top of the class and fired it across the classroom. And our eyes were out in stocks, but we just thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know, because she just used to, she was so theatrical. And she's kind of etched in my in my heart, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, that was my first, I guess, introduction to literature. Yeah. And um, and then great teachers after that, you know, Maeve O'Donoghue was my speech and drama teacher and she honed that love of, of drama, of words, um, the delivery of stories. Um, and, and then in college, I had a teacher, a voice coach, Andrea Ainsworth from the Abbey Theatre. And um, she's the, vo- the voice coach there. But we were so lucky that, that she used to take a class every week with us. And we just indulged, you know, laboured over every syllable and vowel and consonant when it came to Shakespearean sonnets or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And just to have that time. And then, of course, you leave, the bubble is burst and you're kind of, you know, <laughs> reality of a jobbing actor hits yeah. you straight in the face. But, um, yeah, that time was was heaven for me, really. Like, you know, just that that indulgence that, like, you know. Teachers, immerse I don't think they realise the, the, the impression they have on people. Yeah. My sister's a teacher and I just admire her so much. Yeah. There's so much you just said that I'm like, remember this to bring this up in a second. I, There's so much I can relate to. I also did speech and drama in school yeah. and I loved it. Yeah. And I know you teach speech and drama now, don't you? Yeah, I did. COVID um, put, put, like, pulled the rug out from under us. Yeah. And then, of course, having kids, then it, yeah, it's busy. So I did. I had uh, my own drama school, Actors and Reactors, for uh, 10 years in, in Clare. And yeah, then when you kind of take on the role of teacher yourself, you see it from a whole other lens, I suppose. And you're making the discoveries again um, through their eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I suppose it reminded me that a lot of the themes, no matter what age, are universal. Absolutely. You yeah. know? Like I look back to school and going through books and picking out themes and I do that now for my book club I'm like that's what's going on here you yeah. know that's yeah. what authors are doing when they're writing books yeah. yeah but another thing you mentioned just is that um, you know your parents were quite busy I'm sure that's something you can relate to now because you yeah. run your own businesses you have bio you have your books now you're so busy and I'm yeah. you know John is very busy as well he's got the hotel so like how do you I actually noted as well you have a poem in here called uh, Mama Put, put the, the Phone, phone away. away I know that hit me like a bloody freight train it was um yeah, Maria Tempany's poem and the guilt, like, and she speaks about it in the poem. Um, and there is that guilt, you know, and, and uh, it's happened. The girls have done it to me. They're like, put, Mom, no, like, put it down. And yeah, like, I mean, we have to constantly check ourselves mm-hmm. and remind ourselves. And that thing on Instagram, that voiceover, that I mean, all summer long, it used to haunt me. You have four kids or sorry, you have kids for four years. And then they're gone. And I was like, 
an arts born tune and, I, and then it's over you know and then they're gone no, they're not of course but like small kids sorry that, <laughs> yes, I, no, I, like, I know what you mean before you yeah. oh my god and you know and it's just yeah you, ha- you have to remind yourself that and, and I suppose yeah talking about books and um, what are my go-tos at the moment like they're, they're the parenting ones and there's one um, it's called Raising Girls um, and oh, what's the author's name? Steve Budolf. And I have it beside the bed when I'm having those days where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm failing here. I am you know, really failing. I pick it up and it's just a reminder and it's a great reminder, but it's no hard. Like they don't come with a manual, but those little books that kind of get you back on track. Um, some of the lines in his like he, he talks all about nature and getting them out, getting them out um, when you can. Uh, you know, and that that's the, that's the biggest healer. And, and they're different kids. You mm-hmm. know, when you pull them away from the screens or whatever, the TV, and bring them out in the fresh air. I mean, it's it's the old tricks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, they sleep better, form mm-hmm. is better. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, it's no harm. Look, at common sense ultimately and going with your gut, but no harm to have those little reminders. reminders. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I have... Cooper, my little dog, and I even find it hard to get out with him for 45 minutes a day because yeah. it's busy and it's like you, there's so many things pulling on you. So fair play to you for <laughs> for managing it all. I don't know. I don't know. In the story of your life, what would you say has been, what book has been your biggest teacher? Um, it's a great question. I think, again, at different points in my life, I remember mom had a book. It was called Questions Children Ask. I remember coming to her um, sixth class and we were coming up to that birds and the bees chat at school <laughs> and I don't know how but I had never heard about sex like I just hadn't you know and um, maybe, I, I don't know it was an innocence but it was sixth class and I still hadn't heard I mean the word is thrown but you don't ever question it you don't it. know what it, exactly no. it is yeah but she had this great book I can't remember the name of the author and she took it out and we sat down and we went through it and it was a very open and dad was kind of hovering like he didn't engage because, you know, it's a daughter. And but he was there. He was present. And I felt his presence. <laughs> Fair play to him. <laughs> More than most people would do. I think. <laughs> but we went through it and like I, I could have given a lecture on it for a finish. And um, and I felt so equipped then, yeah. you know, and I felt like no one was going to, you know, tell me otherwise. I, I knew you know, the way of the world. And, and I was shocked, to be honest. That it wasn't a stork. Completely shocked. Yeah. But I remember it being such an eye opener. But it was just the, the approach in the book and then the way that mom kind of guided me through it. Questions. And I think it's still on shelves. I've seen it. Questions children ask. And there's kind of different um, uh, chapters for different stages. OK, so it's not all left. birds and the bees. No. Okay. No, no. Oh, no. It's the hard hitting facts. And particularly at the, the age that, you know, mom produced it, I was I was ready to take it on. And uh, did you I, share it with Alva and Dura? I'm sure she did the same with them. Have we had? No, I, I don't. I'm sure she like, no, I certainly didn't. So no, I have no, no, two no. sisters as well. Grace is like a year and a half older than me and she had the book before me. So when my friends would come over, I'd be like, I know where it is. Come on, we'll go and have a look. At it. Was it the same book? Or no, I, it was it was a, more oh, yeah, of a book. Dust Birds and the Bees book, like a biology book almost. But we just thought it was so funny, like, you know. No, this was very sacred. Like, it was a sacred moment. Yeah. And, and then, you know, th- that kind of, it started that relationship, I suppose, with mom specifically, um, where like nothing was off the table. Like, and 
you know, when I had boyfriends then down the line and felt like I needed, you know, uh, contraception, mom marched me in, you know, to the doctor. We wow. Sat, and and uh, yeah, we had that open, honest, you know, relationship that I felt like I could tell her anything. Oh and I God, suppose so good. Pro- problem shared is a problem halved. And if I can, you know, adopt anything in terms of, of parenting uh, for mom and dad, it's that just, to, you know, to to keep everything keep everything open, you know, know. and, and um, keep the lines of communication there. Do you feel that with your kids already that they already have things that they would turn to you? I feel like they're hiding stuff already. You know, really? I, yeah. Well, look at um, they're they're testing boundaries all the mm-hmm. time, and I you know I'd see her like <laughs> has stashed like you know little she find treats in the present. They're stashed in behind cushions, and you have to tell me. You know, mm. if you ask me, it'll like be it's fun. no problem if you tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or coins. You know, it's so innocent little mm. copper coins. Like she's robbed from you know I don't know the, the the jar or whatever in the kitchen, and I'm just like you know we need to talk about these things. There's no problem, but, but I suppose yeah. you have to do that from like it's a, a bit of div. And yeah, that's yeah. fine too. But I think, yeah, just keep keep all lines of communication open as much as possible. Because it is true. I mean, as soon as you share it, there's a weight off. Yes, absolutely. In the story of your life, what's been the biggest plot twist? I, I, I never thought I'd end up countrified. <laughs> like, I never thought I'd end up in, in the West, I, to be Do you know what? I, I remember when I heard that you lived down in Clare a couple of years ago, I was like, Really? I thought she was from Dublin. I, Because I, I'm I'm from Limerick. Yeah. So it's my, my yeah. neck of the woods and my parents yeah. have a house now in Spanish Point. And I love, I just actually am so jealous of you living down there because the pace of life is yeah. like something else. Yeah. And I find that a lot of people are reassessing things now. Mm. And I think COVID helped a lot of people to kind of ask those questions. You know, what am I sitting in two hours of traffic for? And what am I, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we can get a little bit more, you know, um, adaptable, I suppose. No, um, but for me at the time, you know, pre-COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my line of work was not, you know, con- conducive to, to Zooming all the time. You know, yes, I have yeah. to be um, it was a big. It was a big decision. Now, it was something that happened kind of over time and yeah, it happened organically. And, you know, it wasn't just one day. I said, right, I'm up, I'm gone. <laughs> you know, it was like living out of suitcases when I could carve out the time to be with John and whatever. And, um, you know, in between jobs. And again, it was, you know, the nature of my work. You know, I might have been doing a show like with the gate or touring or whatever for, you know, a, a two month stint. And then I was off for a few weeks of whatever, or I had a stint in Fair City, a storyline. And then maybe they gave me three weeks off and I could. So I was kind of dipping my, my toe in the water for a while. And then I just had to, I, I had to, I suppose, be honest with myself. And I certainly, it's a shift in gear. Um, and yes, it's a slower pace. And I had to figure out how I could make it work for me. And things were slowing down in terms of work. And, and that didn't sit well with me. Um, you know, that I wanted to be busy. And, you know, that that's my makeup. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs, I suppose. And, um, you know, there was an itch there that I certainly wanted to scratch in terms of business and, and, and you know, seeing the fruits of my labour, you know, putting the time and energy into something and then seeing it bloom. Whereas, you know, with acting, you could, do every course under the sun and you could upskill and you know you can keep training you keep reading and going to the theatre and you know and meeting the right people and still it's subjective mm-hmm. and still you mightn't be someone's cup of tea and still it just might not happen and right. so, sometimes it's about luck isn't it's it? luck timing uh, being in the right place at the right time you know and I I, I found that exhausting I mm. really did and it started to chip away at my my confidence, I suppose, to a certain extent, but also, you know, I was just like, what, what is, what's this all for? Like, you know, and and when you're defined by what you do and you're not doing that thing, mm-hmm. it it can get, yeah, it can get exhausting. It was it was draining, and I I, I wasn't depressed, but I 
definitely felt, you know, low at you times. You didn't have like that sense of purpose or fulfillment. No. Yeah, no. I get that. Because yeah. it's kind of similar, I guess, in what I do. Yeah, because it's, yeah, for sure. For sure. That like, you know, it's it's up and down and, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's good days and bad days yes. and, yeah. and there's busy spells and there's quieter spells and, you know, you're in and out of vogue and all of that. Um so I, I suppose you, you you build a thick skin and you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off. But it was my dad really who said, like, you know, why are you pigeonholing, pigeonholing yourself? You're X, but you can also be Y. You, you know, you don't have to put yourself into, you know, one particular box. Mm-hmm. Try it out. See how it goes. And um, yeah, like I loved Dublin. I was very much like involved in, in the industry I was in. I was, you know, every night was a night in the theatre. If I wasn't mm-hmm. working, I was I was going to see plays. I was immersing myself in it. And then to just decide, you know what, I've had enough. Yeah, it was mad. And like Ennis now is home and, and it, it doesn't feel like the culture shock it did initially. But for sure at the time I was like, what is this? Where mm-hmm. am I? What am mm-hmm. I doing um, initially? But now like seeing the girls and what's on our doorstep and, and time in the outdoors. Oh, and, for um, kids, it's an amazing, yeah, you it's know, a gr- way to lovely live. Upling. Yeah, it really but is. Just speaking on what you just said, the, the poem All Along You Were Blooming. I had seen this, as you said, like on Instagram. And, yeah, all, yeah. and I always save these things. I call them quotes, but it kind of only dawned on me when I read your book, like a lot of what I save is poetry. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of why I like yeah. it so much. And yeah, but um, this poem is amazing. I feel like I I'll, will I read a little yes, bit, but I feel do. like I should let you know. Please do, okay. please do. I'm definitely not going to be as good at it. <laughs> and the thing about blooming is nothing about the process is easy, it requires every part of you to stretch upward with your roots firmly planted in the ground. And in the sun, and in the rain, and in the wind, you stand anyway, even against the pull of the soil. And through it all, one day you will see all along you were transforming. This took everything out of you, but the struggle was beautiful and necessary for your growth. It's gorgeous, isn't like, it? I feel like that's so true with when you're kind of moving careers. And I, I, I can relate to that now as well, because I've just started, you know, have my Clue Active business and I have yeah. the wine spritz there and I'm just pulled in a million different directions. Well, like, during lockdown, you were, I mean, everything turned on its head yes. for you. Yes. You found your, I mean, you were in New York, you were carving mm-hmm. out this life. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're back at Back home. in home in Limerick. And you know what? It was such a nice time to reflect like that. Like reading this really brought me back to that because I had so much time to read and just sit and drink coffee slowly and not be sitting in traffic like life has suddenly gone back to that crazy yeah. pace again. Yeah. But I'm ha- it's about right. Okay, what did I learn during lockdown? Yeah. To say no sometimes to Yeah. to live a little bit more simply. So I'm trying to do that, but it's yeah. it's hard like you And know to trust well. in divine timing. And mm-hmm. like I mean, our careers are marathons. They're not sprints. Yeah. And you know, when you're younger and particularly in your 20s, you want everything to happen instantaneously mm-hmm. and it it doesn't always work out that mm-hmm. way. And there's a bit of growth, you know, to be done in the process, for sure. I love Mark, Morgan Harper Nichols, her Instagram page, if anyone um, is looking for, for a page to follow. Um, like she shares stuff like that on a, oh. on a daily basis. Okay, I'm going to so, go follow yeah, her she's one, this. She's one to note. Have you got a favourite poem in this book? I do. And you, one of the questions on your lovely list was the greatest story never told Mm -hmm. before that was the greatest story ever told and these two link Um, I Love the Notebook by Nicholas Spark you know that's just it's such a beautiful book Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful movie Um, the actors in it are two of my favourites that for me is, is, is just a beautiful 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 story when I picked up this poem 
this uh, falls under the heading never told but I suppose Steve has told it in this poem but it's it's relatively undiscovered and it reminds me of the story of the notebook um, just a maturing love and two people who've been through the mill um, I'll read it and then we can have a chat about it afterwards mm-hmm. it's called A Poem from My Father to My Mother by Steve Denehan. Remember when we met when I was a kite when you were the wind, when Dublin was dance hall days, foggy nights, what ifs and maybes. Remember when I fell into myself, how you forgave me and forgive me still. Remember Bert Bacharach in the hotel lobby when you exclaimed, it's him. Remember how we used to dance, how the room spun with us. This guy is in love with you. Remember when you said yes, Remember those funhouse mirror years when you remained a childless mother? Remember the worry in your voice when you threw the word into the air not knowing if I would catch it? Adoption? Remember how I was the fool who should have held you more? Remember how they grew in our arms, on our laps? How they left but never leave? Remember when months became decades and we forgave ourselves for getting old? Remember before I started to forget? Remember when we ran across the dawn or wanted to, at least? Literally, look at my eyes. I am having an emotional day. It's so nice. Isn't it just gorgeous? Steve, um... He, he, I, I saw it in the Irish Times, this poem, uh, during lockdown. And um, he's the most unassuming guy, but it's the story of his mum and dad. And it's just gorgeous. He but, adopted. Um, so I, I think maybe they, I, I don't know, I don't know the ins and outs. He's actually coming to the book launch tonight. Oh so God, I'm going to ask so him about it because I don't know, did they have a baby and they put the baby up for adoption and then had Steve and his siblings? Or oh. if... They adopted all their kids. I don't know. But I love that, like, it leaves the, you it, open. It leaves it open. Yeah. But, like... Just the the maturing love. Maturing love. I read this one the other night and I was like, oh, my God, that's gorgeous. Yeah, before he started. And even yeah. what we just spoke about there with um, your kids when you said you four years of them and then they, they leave. They, but they don't leave, gone. you know. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that's probably, like, I think that, that's probably one of my favourites in there. But there's so many. Like, the healing power of words. I just feel... With poetry, and it's, I, I just think it's underrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really do. I do as but, well. Yeah, but um, in lockdown, I suppose, we were all in that headspace. It get, you have to be moving at a particular pace. And like that, I, I forgot how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. My mum told me last night, um, I used to, like, she'd be peeling a carrot or a spud, and I'd come in and I'd say, Mum, can I just read my poem for you? Can I, can I recite my poem for you? And she'd be like, go on. But that was me always. But then, of course, life takes over, and you get busy. And, you, and then, I guess, lockdown gave us that time and that space. And the words of others, like, validate those big emotions. And in lockdown, we were all like, what is happening? The world's ending. What's going on? We're confused, angry, frustrated in lockdown, trying to juggle, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And, um, and yeah, picking up my poetry books, they were my therapy. Like, they I just know. were. And you were, you were 
kind of in a similar situation to me in that you were kind of Away isolated. Yeah. And all. yeah but I, I was with my mom and dad, but um, my sisters were in Dublin. and Yeah, I totally isolated. Yeah. It was hard. Like, it was hard. I, I went from being around people all the time yeah. to being, like, alone a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's the healing power of words. And for me, like, um, now they're my go-to. They're beside the bed every night. Mm. Like, and, and not necessarily my book, but yeah, please <laughs> buy my book and keep it beside the bed. But no, everyone else's too. And um, it's just like different strokes for different meditation works for people, mindfulness, yoga, whatever mm. it might be. But this this for me is a moment of self-care in the day, you know. Yeah. And what I love about that poem is it's like talking about your relationship at different stages as well. Yeah. I obviously haven't known that yet, but it makes me so excited. Yeah, you know, the just future, to, I know. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure it makes you excited as well for like you you will have that like alone relationship with John again at some stage when all the girls are grown yeah. up. Yeah, like, we're very much in the eye of the storm and sometimes I feel like we're ships in the night. We're married six years tomorrow. Aww. And um there's another poem in there, just to be beside you is enough. And sometimes like we can put all this pressure on relationships, you know, that we need to be doing X, Y, and Z. We need to be having a date night. And we need to be doing this. And we need to be, mm-hmm. you know, we need to give ourselves, you know, 30 minutes every evening where we chat, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And um, you just kind of, you take it for granted. But that poem, just to be beside you. And yeah, it's nice to be reminded that actually just lying there and hearing each other breathe or whatever it might be, just waking up beside you, you might be dashing oh, out totally. the door. Mm-hmm. But the presence alone yeah. is um, is noted and appreciated. And yeah. So what would people be surprised to find on your bookshelf? Um, I think uh, I am. <laughs> I It's not for the want of trying, but I am just so bad at cooking like I have had so many casualties in the kitchen Darren's <laughs> um, bad I'm I'm worse like and I try because when you have a family like you you need to feed them like you need to keep them alive and I've been sent to every cookery school and course in the country uh, John is so funny like he used to be really strategic about my birthday presents and Christmas presents I found this beautiful it's a real experience you're going to love it like down in Ballymaloo or wherever it was and um, you know it's it's like it's like a retreat my <laughs> sister's got that for me for my birthday it's just gone <laughs> I was like is this a hint <laughs> and it totally was like he was like I'll throw everything at this now in the hope that you know it'll sort out the problem but I mean I have I have shelves and shelves of cookbooks and I, I invest I put the time in and it just does not come naturally to me. Do you know what it is? It's like you have to be so prepared with all the ingredients. Like, are you going to go, like, it's just, like, who has the Even when I am, even when I am, it's still, uh, this wave of anxiety comes over me and I just, I mess it up at the Mm. final hurdle. Like, and I, I put the time, the effort, I get the right ingredients, I give myself, you know, and not all the time, but when I really commit to it, and I watch the videos on YouTube and I, you know, I mm. it just still doesn't work out. I end up chopping the top of my finger or a, po- a, a pot like ends up getting stuck to the hob oh. or like I've I've caused some damage in my mom and dad's kitchen down through the years. Once I think it cost them about two and a half grand, they oh, needed no. to get a new hob, a new draining board that was one of those kind of plasticky draining boards. I put a hot um, Le Creuso pot, lovely pot. 
stuck it to the draining board, put it down. It was just so hot, it melted the drain. The plastic from the draining board attached to the bottom of the pot. Then I put it, I panicked, put it back on the hob. It stuck to the hob. Lift, tried to lift. The glass on the hob broke, stuck to the bottom. Ah, oh, like, I mean, oh my God. I don't know how many times <laughs> the ambulance have been called, you know, with the bloody alarms, like everything. I mean, oh my anyway. God, that is so funny. Um, but I have shelves and shelves. You'd think when you came into our house, like, oh my God, you know, she must be like a real avid cook now. <laughs> so who does Christmas then? Mom. And like, you see, I fell between a rock and a hard place. Mom is a brilliant cook um, and just won't let any of it. And we all suffered as a result. Mm. She just won't let us into the kitchen. She's just a perfectionist and, and loves, loves it and loves spending the time at it. And then John, obviously, like, you know, he did hotel management and a big part of that course in Shannon is you know, the catering yeah. side of things and, and, and you, like they all qualify as chefs. Um, so he's a great cook and now he's never around, he's always in the hotel so he's never around but like certainly when we were like in the early stages of a relationship he'd always produce the meals so it, yeah, it just, now I do the basics for the kids because they need to be kept alive. Yes. <laughs> but, but that's easy for, for kids because they eat quite basic yeah, things anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think. But I'd love to, I see oh, like Lily Forberg has these amazing like meals and even the lunch boxes, like the colour and I'm do you have to, like lunch boxes in itself is another challenge. Like I can barely feed myself, genuinely. I know you have to be so organised <laughs> night before. Like, oh, anyway, I have years of it up ahead. Years of it. If you could take a leaf out of someone else's book, who would it be? I'm going to say my dad because he's he he just he's so pragmatic. Mm. He sees the bigger picture. Um, he seems to sail through life, and. Yeah, he's just a glass half full person. Um, his positivity. I'm very. I'm similar to him in a lot of ways. I, you know, I'm. I, I try to, yeah, adopt the, you know, the, the positive approach to things. I don't look back. You see, I have a really bad memory. Even these podcasts, are, you know, when I'm just storytelling, mm. I'm like, oh god, I, I wish I'd. I'm like that too. Wish I had a better memory. Um, and the girls will say that. They're like, you don't. Like, were you just asleep for, you know, most of our child? I just can't remember. I look forward, you see. I think it's yes. a coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's probably, yeah, a way to, 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 to err on the side of positivity always, just to look forward. But um, dad is that way. And yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, he he gives people time and he seems to get it back tenfold. You know, very few people would have a bad word to say about that because yeah. he just, he gives people, even visiting my Nana in the nursing home the other day, I was anxious about it, you know, just seeing her like, um, you know, she's just hasn't been well. And like, I, I was just nervous about, you know, going in and seeing her there. And, and dad came with me and just his way with elderly, his way with newborns and kids. And um, he's just a bundle of love. And mm. mom is too. But dad, like dad is just, he's just a people's person, you know, yeah. a social butterfly. I'd love to be a bit more like that and, and give people, invest in those relationships and give people the time. Of course, when you're so big, it's just hard. And I always kind of, I should be spending more time with people because you know it won't be forever but um, dad is great at that yeah that's such a nice way to be yeah. and I think sometimes we get we get pulled I think sometimes like you you're busy you have three kids you know I know and I tell myself that and then it's like but when it's too late you'll be crippled with guilt and you'll say why didn't I carve it out why didn't I make the time you know, know. but like I look at my parents now that we're all kind of grown up and they're 
living their best, best life. life. My mom is like off traveling with her choir and dad has his fishing and, you know, they're still working. But, you know, yeah. imagine they when they're not. They have time. They've I so know. Time. Mom and dad are the same. The golf. Like, yeah. I've lost them to the golf. <laughs> lost them. Four I've hours in the them. middle of the day. Like, yeah. we haven't. <laughs> Oh my God. I know, but it's a, yeah, I think it's a retiree's gig for sure. What are we like? We're like wishing time away. <laughs> um, it, what do you know about life that can't be learned in books? Um, like, I think mom used to always say, always let your conscience be your guide. And I I think it's probably, you know, it, it's Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio, you know, um, the song, always let your conscience be your guide. Mm. And I think if you, you know, if you're led by that, you can't go too wrong, you mm. know. Um, Mom used to say it's nice to be important, but it's far more important to be nice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you meet people on the way up and on the way down. And I mm. think, you know, again, giving people time and, and um yeah, and, and letting your conscience guide you is probably, mom has a, it's actually in there, um, a pamphlet almost that she, she lives by, it's Desiderata. And there's just so much common sense in there, you know, and common sense, I don't think you can learn that in books. No. I think, you know, you either have it or you don't. It's that street smart or book smart mm -hmm. thing. Mom is, she's a great woman for the common sense and letting it prevail, you know, and, and yeah, I think it's probably, um, it's a good way to uh, to approach things. Do you think your mom was ever nervous about you getting into this kind of an industry and um, so public and everything? Yeah, I, no, I think, like I got, I, I applied for primary school teaching. That would have been the safer option, you know, but insane. And they wanted me to make sure it was down in the CAO, but I was offered um, actor training in, in, in Trinity that course before I even sat the Leaving Cert. Um, and so I knew I knew I was going there before I even sat the first paper. Um, and in fairness to them, like of course primary teaching would have been the safer option, but they said, look at, do whatever you will bounce out of the bed for in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I would. Look, I'm not doing it now and things have taken a new turn, but... Um, at the time, like I literally, yeah, and it was not, it was nine to five. It wasn't like your typical college course where you have an hour here, a lecture there, and you've you know coffees in between. It was fully like full committal, nine to five. Um, for how many years? Monday to Friday for three years. Oh wow! Um, and there was no let up. And then when like when you finish in the evening, you had to go and and, and see play. So it was constant. But like I loved every second. As I said, I was in a bubble. Yeah. Um. So they were right. You know, do what makes you happy. Do you think ultimately you'll ever go back to that? Yeah, I never say never. And again, you know, Dad, you're hanging up the boots for now. You know, you're yeah. doing X or Y for now. You know, don't rule anything out and don't rule anything in. You know, just see how it goes. Play it by ear. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, probably a good approach to things. Um, I love that saying, like, the seasons of yeah. your life, yeah. you know. And I think when you have three kids, it probably would be really hard to be doing that. Yeah. You know, because as you said, you're on tour it's not, and yeah. like, you know. Not ideal. It's, it's yeah, the travelling. And I see people, peers do it all the time with families. Oh, okay. But I guess with John, he, he's very, he's very rooted in, in you know, in his, his career and where he is. And it's, yeah, the idea of travelling, uh, it, it just wouldn't work for us. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of my peers would have, you know, partners that can, that, that are quite, you know, um, movable. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas John's just not. So for now with the girls, yeah, we are where we are. Um, who knows? Who knows? Worst places to be down in West Clare. Um, yeah, I love it. I, I think it's say. like the Almafi coast of Ireland when the sun is shining. The sun shines, but there's plenty dull days. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm lucky enough usually. Like the last couple of times I've been down there, it's been gorgeous. God, and you you really like champion it. And put, <laughs> like, I mean, I only go down when it's sunny. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm it is, down it next is fun weekend, though. Are you? Yeah, I can't wait. Isn't it lovely that you have it now that you can? I know. Yeah, retreat to, and it is like it's a retreat when it's not yeah. full time. And so you, my parents are still in the middle of doing up the little house they bought it in. Um, they got it in July, so just in time for the heat wave. Happy days for you guys. Yeah, so they've built the bunk beds and the bunk beds that we had like growing up and I'm excited for all those fun times yeah, to come. Yeah. But if you could only read one book for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, The Great Gatsby. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I don't know how many times I've read it, um, but it's just, it's almost otherworldly. It just, mm-hmm. it takes me away. It takes me away from reality and... Uh, that's yeah, I just, why we read, isn't it? Yeah, escapism. Yeah, it's uh, it's the picture that paints, you know, and the descriptive language, and you just see all those those beautiful dresses and feathers and the glamour. Yeah, yeah. What era? Escapism. The twenties. Yeah, yeah. And the music. You can almost hear it playing. Yeah. You know, when you when you read it. Yeah, stunning. I haven't read it now, but I've seen the movie. Oh yeah. How do you think the, the book compares? Um, yeah, beautiful. Like I mean. Look at I look at Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, he does a great job. He's amazing. Yeah, like he's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an invasion on the senses. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, it kind of hits you in the face. The music, the vibrancy of it. Yeah. Um, but no, read the book. Read the book. Yeah, I will. Actually, I'm gonna add yeah. that to my list. Yeah, too. And what is your next chapter? For me, like. At the moment, we're very much in the, you know, take each day as it comes. It's survival at the moment. You know, it's it's with three under four. It's just so busy. And, you know, with my business, Bio, it's we're five years in business now. And um, and it's become, I suppose, my fourth child, you know, and with my partner, Sharon Conlon, um, we're kind of we're, there's parallels there, which is amazing because we, like she has three kids as well under similar similar age under four and yeah we get it like when I'm having one of those shit show days she's like look I pick up the slack and vice versa and it's mm-hmm. great to have someone that kind of get is on your wavelength and mm-hmm. um, we don't know where we're going to be next year like we we were primarily in the live event space that ground to a halt now it's become more of a lifestyle brand and and um if you had told me five years ago that you know we'd have our shop in Ennis and you know we'd be you know, we'd still be doing the same thing. We'd st- like we've an autumn series kicking off on Sunday and, and people are still coming to BO and still love the messaging. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't believe it, to be honest, because it was something that happened just really organically. I, there was a wellness movement happening across the country, but we seem to be kind of starved of it in the West at the mm-hmm. time. And I thought, you know, we need to champion women. We need to, you know, um, put women's issues like you know, on the stage, you know, give it the platform and talk about fertility and talk about women's health and talk about menopause and mm-hmm. talk about all these things that yeah. just are kind of being brushed under the carpet a bit. And uh, and here we are five years later still, you know, wow. still doing it. Great. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where we'll be, to be honest, but um, we're just kind of getting from A to B at the moment with the, with the smallies as well. And yeah, I guess, look, um, I'm I'm really proud of it, and yeah. uh, and while we can still kind of shine a light on women and uh, and women's issues, I'm going to keep doing it because it's brought me more joy, I'd say, than any acting job ever did. Wow. And the feedback and to hear from people to say, you know, this has really changed my life. You know, the topics that I, I arrived, I didn't expect much. I didn't know what to think. Someone bought me the mm. ticket. You know, I said, what am I getting myself in for? I left the kids. Can I afford to give up a day? And I'm so glad I did. And you know, it really put things in perspective for me. I left that 
you know, destructive relationship or I walked away from that job that just wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. And to hear from people like that, that, you know, you've left a lasting, lasting impression on, on their lives. It's amazing. You yeah, know, it really isn't is. Isn't that funny how you like, you train, you yeah. work in an area and then, you know, this something else could come along and you're like, yeah. I'm just going to take the risk and give it a go. Give and it look. a go. And here we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining today. I know you have a busy day, so I won't keep you any longer, but your book, Every Day is a Fresh fresh Beginning, Meaningful Poems for Life is on sale now. Yes. And it's does. amazing. I love it. I can't wait to read more of it. I'm going to bring it down to Sligo with me this weekend and just get struck into it. Thank you so much, Louise. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Open Book. I really hope you enjoyed Avian's chat. She is just so lovely, such a good storyteller and her voice, the way she reads. I think we were just in awe of her. I really hope you get a chance to pick up her new book because honestly, there's so many gorgeous poems in here. I picked it up the other day and could not put it down. Let me know what you think. Don't be afraid to email us, openbook at goloudnow.com. And if you can, if you want to, rate, share and follow. That's always appreciated. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next week.